Josiah has already mentioned, and you've probably already seen the bulletin, what my sermon title is, Jesus Our Shepherd. So this is going to be a, this is going to be a topical sermon. Um, so we will, we will go to different scriptures as we look at this topic of Jesus Our Shepherd. And so I think I would like for you to stand before we read scripture and we'll have a prayer. <clears throat> dear Lord, we bow before you again this morning, realizing, dear Lord, that for all you do and for all you have promised to us, that our response has to be one of gratitude and appreciation unless we would truly be those that do not receive what you have for us. We thank you, dear Lord, for these that are here this morning. And Lord, we pray that the perhaps the familiarity of, of, the, of the word shepherd would not cause us to somehow miss the import, miss, miss the greatness of what this conveys to us and what you have recorded in your word for us, dear Lord, to be galvanized, to be uh, strengthened and fortified, to realize uh, how great Jesus is. Lord, as we look at just one little portion of what we know to be our blessed Savior's credentials to us, I pray, dear Lord, that you'll help us this morning to receive that, dear Lord, that you have for us this morning, and help us, we pray, today and the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So, I mentioned that I had two committals at the cemetery, uh, and in both of those committals, uh, I used the whole 23rd Psalm, and that's the most beloved Psalm. Uh, people that don't know anything hardly at all about the Bible know Psalm 23, and uh, if they don't know Psalm 23, they're they're really they're really uh, uninformed if they don't at least know that. Uh, so. Uh, I, I like, I love the whole psalm, but I'm really not looking at the entirety of the psalm this morning. We're just going to look at different scriptures that tell us about Jesus as our shepherd. One of those will be part of Psalm 23, but if you haven't just gone through and looked at different scriptures that talk about Jesus as our shepherd then uh, you certainly will have some insight this morning as to how this theme carries throughout the Bible. Probably until the time of David, uh, this, uh, this idea of, of a shepherd, of our Lord being a shepherd, Jehovah is my shepherd, uh, was not as strong in the minds of people uh, for 
when David wrote this then to claim that just as he had been a shepherd to sheep, that God was his shepherd. And when we think of that, we think of, of a shepherd who is there to oversee, to provide, to uh, see that the needs of the sheep are certainly in, in the forefront. And uh, you think about what a shepherd does, and Jesus as our shepherd. Now, we're, I preached before about uh, the sheep. We know, we know what sheep are, and we know that uh, they're very limited. We know that they go astray. We know that uh, they take a lot of care, and they have uh, parasites. They, have, they pick up... Uh, different diseases and so forth. Uh, but when we think of the shepherd, we think of somebody that uh, is wanting to take care of sheep. Uh, that is what the shepherd does. And so we think of God as our creator, that God made us and God started us on this journey of life God loves us and doesn't just put us out there on our own, but he is involved in our lives. Uh, the shepherd, uh, if he has a, a small flock, if he has a large flock, it's because he wants to. He wants to. He wants to have those sheep, and he wants to multiply the number uh, in the flock. Uh, and so as we think about the care and concern of the shepherd, uh, the sheep exist because of him. Uh, someone has talked about, uh, you know, uh, uh, if, if, if this pro process would stop, uh, when we're talking about uh, how many animals there are, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if, if we just didn't do this or that with these animals, uh, that uh, they would be so much better off, but there wouldn't be as many, would there? There wouldn't be hard, hardly any in some cases. Uh, you think about not sheep right now, but horses. They say there, there are more horses today than ever because people love horses, and they want, they want horses, and so they, they have a uh, couple or whatever horses, and uh, that's because they love horses. Well, uh, we know that God loves his creation, doesn't he? God loves his creation. And so uh, that is why we are here, because of God's love for us. So in Psalm 23, and I'll get to the scripture that I had as a text uh, as we go down through the items. I needed that for the bulletin because it gives me an, a, an anchor verse. And I didn't want to put Psalm 23 down. So uh, we'll get to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 25. But first we want to think about a couple of verses in Psalm 23. And the first verses that we would think of in Psalm 23 is that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. 
uh, our shepherd, Jesus Christ, is our source of provision. So while David says, the Lord is my shepherd, <coughs> Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, didn't he? In, in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And that will be one of the verses that we bring out as we go on. Uh, so our shepherd is a source of our provision. When, when David uh, laid this out in Psalm 23, he said, uh, He is the source of my supply. I shall not want. So the shepherd sees to it that what the sheep need to thrive, what they need to get along is provided for them. And that includes a place to rest. That in includes a place to get refreshing water. And you know that sheep cannot drink, do not, I don't know if they can't or they won't drink out of moving water. They want still water. And that's what it says, he leads me beside the still waters. Uh, so they, a shepherd will find a pool of water, not in the main stream, but where it's fresh water that's out of the rushing stream for the sheep to get their drink. Uh, they, they require that in order to partake of that refreshing. And God in Jesus Christ provides that for us. Uh, he is the source of our provision and we have every right to call on him in our time of need. We don't know all the time how he's going to supply that need, but he is faithful to us if we cry out to him and ask for his help. Uh, he, is, he is the one who provides for us. He's the one who gives to us. And as such, since we are not just animals, we ought to acknowledge what he does for us. We ought, to, we ought to give him thanks for what he does for us, to bow our heads and to thank him for his provision for us. Uh, somebody said uh, they don't worry about thanking God for every meal. Well, I find myself thanking God for every meal. I, I appreciate every meal and the fact that I can taste it. I've been in hospitals with people and their sense of taste is gone. That's one thing about COVID. They said you lose your sense of, your, your sensation of taste and as well as other things. But uh, you know that God has made us so we can taste food and, and we can enjoy it and that it's a pleasure for us to eat. So I, I find it a small thing to just acknowledge him. Uh, we do it uh, when, when we're going uh, on, a, on a trip somewhere. Uh, if we stop and get something in the car to eat, uh, we, we acknowledge God. We thank him for it and ask for his hand on us. And uh, I try not to be too pushy or 
you know, too overbearing with people. Uh, I know from, uh, from uh, the time when we went to Jody Marple's funeral, the, the kids and I, they said they were going to go somewhere and eat, and I said, well, count me in. You know, I like to eat too. And so uh, we went to a, a, one of the places that was open a little later, and so they, they were getting food and so forth. Some of them started to eat, and uh, so I said, well, who's going to say the prayer? Who's going to say the prayer? Well, one of the grandkids volunteered to say the prayer, for which I was, I was happy. I was glad that they wanted to say the prayer. It, it wasn't anything real fancy. Uh, it was a rote prayer, you know, something they had learned, something that I think they learned from Grandpa. But, you know, it's just a small thing to acknowledge how good God is to us. And I find myself sometimes when I eat something, because uh, I've read that uh, in, I don't know if it's that way today or in days past, that they actually thank God after they ate <laughs> instead of before. Uh, because uh, I find myself, after I've eaten a good meal, if I haven't overeaten terribly to where it puts the lights out on me, <laughs> I'm sleepy, that I find myself... Uh, just telling the Lord how good that was and how I appreciate it that, that I'm able to eat and that I have the food to eat and thank him for his provision and for the enjoyment that I got out of that meal that it just, it just made me feel renewed like, uh, like it's just good to be alive. You know what I'm talking about? Just good to be alive. And so, uh, as, as God's people that he provides for, uh, that he, he sees to, uh, to it that we have the green pastures or the, the food that is uh, tasty and, and uh, appealing to us, uh, how great it is. Sometimes we're a little hard on the cook, aren't we? Of course, I'm the cook at my house, so I'm always nice to the cook. Uh, but some of you have blessed me with, with your cooking, and I do appreciate it. But sometimes, the, you know, the doing the food all the time, even buying food out. You know, oh, it's the same old, same old. Oh, it's the same old, same old. Well, don't eat for a while. Just don't eat for a while. And <laughs> you'll find out that the same old, same old isn't too bad that your body says, oh, yes, this is what I want. Uh, so if, if, if we're unappreciative, maybe it's because we've had too much and because we don't realize what a good place we are in and how blessed we are. You know what happens to us when they start these scares about not being enough and the store shelves being empty. I know... You know, early on with COVID, uh, the bread was wiped out at uh, some of the stores that I went to, and I found another place where didn't have the traffic to take the bread off the shelves, and I, uh, I tried not to, to be a hoarder, <clears throat> to, to grab up a bunch and keep it from somebody else. 
<clears throat> but <clears throat> we get pretty panicked, don't we, when we find out somebody said, oh, I went to the store and there wasn't any tater chips. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's, that's a real emergency, isn't it? Uh, the other emergency is I, I went to the store. This has nothing to do with taste, but you know there was no toilet paper. Uh, oh, well. Uh, and some people have it stacked up now to the ceiling uh, to where they make sure they're never going to run out. They're always going to have enough. Well, it's, that's good because when you're gone, your family can uh, get, get a big pack of it and, and, and be blessed by it. But yeah, we don't realize how good we have it until it's gone. But God has been good to America, folks. We have so many varieties on the shelves. We have so many different combinations of things. And we can get so picky with it, can't we? And we can, we can become so spoiled about it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't get what you want, but I'm saying we all ought always to have gratitude for what God has done. It's not Thanksgiving yet, but that would be a good Thanksgiving message, wouldn't it? <clears throat> okay, so he's our source of provision. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 11 doesn't mention the name of Jesus, but talks about the shepherd, about the shepherd that was to come, and it says, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd, he shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. So it tells us that he is considerate. Jesus is considerate and he is compassionate. Uh, you know the Lord bears with us in our lack of ability to comprehend and to appreciate what he does for us. He, he is very patient with us. Uh, so I remember a scripture over in the, the book of Isaiah and it's repeated over in the book of Matthew uh, where it talks about Jesus. It says, you will remember this. I didn't write it down for, for you this morning, but I could give it to you pretty quick. Uh, the reference on it. Uh, it says, uh, smoking uh, a bruised reed he will not break, smoking flax he will not quench. Do you remember that scripture? A bruised reed he will not break, smoking flax he will not quench. I think it's uh, somewhere around Matthew chapter 20. Uh, and uh, it's in the book of Isaiah prior to that. And uh, it's a forecast of what, of what the Messiah would be like. Now, what does that mean? Well, the shepherds used a, a reed to make a small musical instrument. Now, when I was in marching band years ago, we had the brass and we had the reeds. And the reeds... The clarinets, uh, instruments like that, they had a reed in them. And they would have to change the reed every once in a while. So a, a bruised reed or a reed that was imperfect 
would be discarded. But the Old Testament said that a bruised reed he would not he would not break. He would not destroy it. Some way he would restore it to use it. And smoking flax, what is that? Well, that's a wick for a light. So you think about flax in a kerosene lantern. Uh, so if you have a if you have a lantern, it's just smoking and smogging. You don't get any light from that. But it it says that when it comes to a smoking flax, he's not going to destroy it, but he's going to he's going to work it so that it begins to give light again. So this speaks about what how tender and compassionate our shepherd is that he works with he works with what looks like it's worthless or impossible and i've certainly been in that category folks i have been, i've been pretty worthless sometimes and i've been pretty pretty far out as far as people are concerned that uh that would make them shake their head and say you know uh is there any hope is there any hope? Is, is there ever going to be a light come on in that man's mind or that kid's mind? Is there, is there a, a, anything good ever going to happen? Well, maybe you've been in some of those situations. And remember, the Lord is very tender and very compassionate. And that's what the scripture tells us in Isaiah. Uh, the little ones... Uh, he's going to gather them, those lambs, and the disciples didn't understand that, did they? Uh, when, he, when he wanted the little children to come, uh, they wanted to protect him and drive the kids away from him. But he wanted to bring the kids to himself, and he wanted to bless the children. And uh, he, he is gentle with those that are with young, it says. So the expectant... Uh, mothers, uh, the sheep in the flock that are going to have young, he's considerate of them. So it speaks of the, it speaks of the kindness, how compassionate he is. And then I want you to look at John chapter 10, verse 11. <clears throat> that one is an easy one for you because we've heard that a lot of times, and I mentioned it at the beginning of the message, that Jesus said that he, was, he is the good shepherd. And he says that twice in chapter 10, uh, that he is the good shepherd. And so Jesus is our superhero, folks. Jesus is our superhero. He, he went where we could not win the battle, we could not win the victory. He went in our place. When old Saul was standing back and he wouldn't go out and face Goliath and when all of his soldiers were shaking with fear and when nobody else would go, somebody named David came and went. And David went not in his own strength, did he? He went in the strength of God. And he he, even though he was, 
he was no match for Goliath. He saw God as being more than a match, more than a match for old Goliath. And so Jesus did what none of us could do. We could never face up to old Satan. Satan is a giant. He's a bully. He's a liar and the father of it. I want to tell you, if he tells you how no good you are, just remember he's a liar. <laughs> he's a liar. And you have value, you have worth because God loves you and because Jesus died for you. That shows you that you're worth more than this old world could ever put an estimate on. You are treasure in God's sight. And so Jesus did what we could not do because of his love for us. He went, he went into the battlefield with old Satan and he stood between us and Satan to deliver us. And he is our hero this morning, folks, that we have a Jesus. You know, some people have painted Jesus as being weak and almost uh, feminine, but Jesus is strong. Jesus is mighty. We sing a song like that, don't we? Uh, strong to deliver and mighty to save. That is what our Jesus is. He is a mighty Savior. He is a superhero to us. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, and none can compare with what he did for us. Uh, another verse I want you to look at is in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20. And this talks about our shepherd. It says, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And the rest of that uh, chapter tells us a little more about that. But we just want to look at that verse. He brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. He is great because none can compare with his victory. He not only went into the valley against old Satan, and yes, he gave his life because that was required for him to win the total victory. He had to suffer and die for all our sins. Satan tried to get him to bypass it, didn't he? Satan offered him ways on the Mount of Temptation that he could have bypassed the cross. He said, uh, you know, you can cast yourself down off the pinnacle of the temple and God's promised that he'll, he will watch over you. But Jesus knew that there was no way to win the redemption of the lost humanity except by his death and suffering, by his suffering and death. And he did that. But when he did that, God brought him again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, and he is the great shepherd of the sheep. He's great because there's none above him, none can compare with him. And so uh, when, when I go to 
committal services, when I conduct committal services, a lot of times now, you know, people are cremated and uh, they maybe have a little bag of ashes that is, the, is what the earthly remains of the person. Uh, a lot different than what things used to be done, but sometimes it's finance that requires uh, people to make choices like that. Um, sometimes there's other, other things that enter into that. But uh, whether, whether it's a whole body or whether it is ashes, it does not hinder God in raising back to life because of what Jesus has done, because of his sacrifice for us. He conquered death, and he says, because I live, you are going to live also. And people, some people are cremated and can't help it, aren't they? I mean, I guess nobody that's cremated can really help it because they're dead, if you think about it. <laughs> but sometimes it's their wishes. They have stated it before they die that, that they want to be cremated. But there are people that have not stated that they want to be cremated, but they are cremated. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, I'm thinking of, uh, well, it might be a little humorous, but I remember when uh, a man that was very precious to me <clears throat> passed away. <clears throat> he was going to have a memorial service at the Delaware Church. And uh, one of his former, one of his friends in the past, he hadn't been in contact with him re really recently or recent to his death, but uh, he called me up and he said, so uh, is, is, uh, is Red's body going to be there? I said, no, uh, he was cremated. And, uh, and so Dewey said, uh, well, I guess I'm not coming then if he's not going to be there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I guess uh, he, didn't, he didn't think of it the same if, if he'd been cremated. But none of us are right there, are we? If it's a body or if it's ashes, we're, we're not there. And hopefully we've lived for the Lord and our spirit's with the Lord. Uh, either way, the spirit returns to God that gave it. Uh, and hopefully we've lived for the Lord and we go to heaven for if that will be the outcome if we have lived for the Lord. And so uh, some people are cremated without that being their desire. And I'm thinking about the people in the World Trade Center <clears throat> that were cremated when that diesel fuel from the aircraft saturated and burned the building and uh, and they're still searching through, aren't they? They're still finding fragments of people and identifying where well, this was so-and-so because of the, we can identify it by, by the DNA. But before they ever came up with DNA that man could use, <coughs> we know that there was DNA that God had in his book you read in Psalm 139 that all of our members are written in his book. He knows every particle of our being. And 
I, I really, you know, when people want to take remains and bury them at the cemetery, uh, I like that a whole lot better than carrying them around your neck or uh, having them on your mantle. Uh, but people do all kind of things. But God knows about every particle of our being and, and where every particle is. And so he's promised that there is going to be a resurrection of the just and of the unjust. And so Jesus conquered death, and because he conquered death, we have hope through him that we also shall live. And then I like what uh, Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 25. <clears throat> he said, For ye are as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. So Peter is telling them that they had failed. You were a sheep going astray. Uh, you have had failure, uh, but uh, we welcome you to come back, uh, return to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. What, what does that actually mean? To the shepherd, we understand. What about the bishop? Uh, there's a man on radio now that calls himself the bishop. He's a good Christian man, and I, I like to listen to him. But we don't, we don't have bishops in our denomination. But bishop is certainly a biblical term. It means an overseer, an overseer. It also means someone that uh, is a guardian. So in the case of church government, it would be somebody that watches over, uh, that guards those uh, that are in the fold. And so uh, the scripture says that Jesus actually said to Peter, do you remember when he was talking to Peter, when he was resurrected before he had ascended back, and he said to Peter, uh, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. You can find that. I won't read that to you this morning. But you can find that if you look in the book of John, chapter 21, and verses 15 to 17. That's where Jesus gave that command to Peter. Uh, so uh, Peter calls this back to mind. Uh, of course, Peter quotes a great deal from Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. And that's 53.6 of Isaiah. Uh, so Jesus knows our failures. Even after we have come to him and received salvation, uh, Peter could testify to that, couldn't he? Uh, he went astray. Uh, and he had a hard time with it, evidently. He was so ashamed because he, was, he failed the Lord, and he didn't think he was ever going to do that. But he failed the Lord. He got caught in the avalanche of emotions and fear and everything that was going on. And Jesus had forecast that before. Uh, in Mark chapter 14, for instance, he said, The shepherd is going to be smitten and the sheep are going to be scattered. All of you are going to, are going to betray me or forsake me this night. And so... Uh, Peter was so ashamed of that 
But now he can say to those that he's ministering to, uh, come back, because Jesus is the shepherd, and he is the overseer, and he is the guardian of our souls. So come back to him. And so that's in Peter chapter 2 and verse 25, and that's what I had for my text beside of the title. There's another good verse there in Peter too, uh, where in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4, it says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Well, the chief shepherd, that's Jesus. But what are what are others they are under shepherds and I when I was in Circleville Bible College I went to class and studied a book that was called uh, Overseers of the Flock and that was talking about pastors who were in charge of of a congregation so a congregation is called a flock you are a flock and it might interest you a little bit more uh, because we hear some terminology and sometimes we don't understand what the terminology is. Uh, but uh, you know of Presbyterians. Uh, well, where did they get that name, Presbyterian? Well, uh, it is somebody who is, it comes from the, the, the word of the flock. A presbyter is uh, a part of the flock. And so Presbyterians would be part of the flock. So uh, shepherds uh, is, the, is the word Presbyters. And uh, so uh, the connection is to the flock. And I don't know if I said that really good, but if you look at the word, if you look at the word, let me read it here for you exactly. The word translated shepherd is the word presbyters. And, and the connection is to the flock then. So the Bible tells us that there's coming a time when the chief shepherd the over-shepherd, the Lord, is going to return. And when he does, he's going to judge all of us who he's left in charge, and he's also going to look over the flock. And so the scripture says that at that time, he's going to give out rewards, a crown of glory that does not fade away. And so we praise God that we're headed for something, not just pastors, not just presbyters, uh, not just uh, those who are in charge of flock, a bishop, but all of us that are serving the Lord are headed for a glorious reward if we've been faithful to the Lord. You know, the, the pastor can't do anything. We're not just like somebody that's out taking care of sheep uh, we have people with a mindset don't we we have people with a will we have people that make determination every Sunday whether or not they're going to be in church or not and 
I'll tell you what, it's not very inspiring. Uh, empty seats don't inspire a preacher very much. But beaming faces, people that, with that, that have the glory of God, uh, that, that means a lot. Uh, I had, uh, when I was asked to uh, officiate at one of these one of these services it was a long ways from me and and I thought man if I do that I'm going to take my whole day I'm going to be driving a long ways and so you know uh, I had done another one and, and I just felt like it just didn't mean a thing to them it just like it, it just wasn't appreciated at all and you people are not that way, because I get, I get appreciation cards, and I get pats on the back, and and all that. And so I certainly am not applying this to you. But in this case, this was not part of my congregation here or anything like that. But it was gonna, it was gonna be a time sacrifice and uh, and a lot of driving. And I said, well, you know. I appreciate you asking me, but why don't you, why don't you get a pastor down there? And I know a pastor that's right there in that area, and I've got his phone number, and I know him personally. He's actually, I didn't tell them, but he was more educated than I am, smarter than I am, and would do a better job than me probably. So, uh, you know, I was encouraging them to go ahead and call him, and let him officiate. He's right there, and. It'll be okay. But uh, the woman said, no, we don't want him. We want you. And, and we appreciate for you to do it. We know you, and we want you to do it. I said, well, I guess I might reconsider if you really want me to do it, not just a preacher. And so she assured me, yes, we want you to do it. And... And the reason is because we know you and so forth and so on. So I agreed to do it. So, you know, it makes a lot of difference if you feel like, you know, even if there's only a handful of us here that's appreciated, that people feel like they're getting a boost or a, a little help and uh, feel encouraged on their way and and. You know, like I said last week, uh, you know, some people go to sleep and then I ask how many of you are awake and everybody seemed to be awake last week. But, you know, it means a lot if we're engaged and we don't just come and we just, oh, you know, this same old thing. This isn't the same old thing, people. We've got a great shepherd. We've got Jesus Christ. And we always need to acknowledge how great he is and what a great what a great salvation he has brought to us. How wonderful it is to be a part of his flock, following him and his, however he has set up the hierarchy to know that people love him and they're doing what they can to bring others to know Jesus Christ. So <clears throat> those are the things I wanted to bring to you uh, that maybe you haven't read them all together like that. Maybe you have. But I can't say that I ever heard anybody preach a sermon on Jesus as a shepherd and going over the various scriptures. 
So I trust it's an encouragement and a refreshment to you as you think about how great Jesus our shepherd is. So will you stand with me this morning? <clears throat> Bow your heads. and <clears throat> If you have a need of prayer, you're welcome to come and pray this morning. We're human. Sometimes we get in a rut, don't we? Sometimes we don't see the glory and the greatness of our shepherd. God forgive us for that. But if somehow you feel that you have slipped away from the shepherd, this tender, compassionate shepherd, is here for you this morning and he welcomes you back into his the warmth of his care and his love you are a sheep that have gone astray but you can return to the shepherd and bishop of your souls praise the Lord Lord we've waited for a moment for any that might have a need we certainly do not do that as just routine, but we want to be helpful to each one, dear Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for everyone that was here this morning. We appreciate everyone. We ask, dear Lord, that you will bless our hearts as we think about the different applications of Jesus as our shepherd that are listed in the scripture. Lord, we thank you this morning for being there for us whatever we're going through and we thank you dear Lord that you are in charge we don't have to worry this morning that something has slipped by your notice that somehow something's unraveling that you are not aware of help us dear Lord to always remember that you have our best interest planned and you're executing that Lord, thank you for what you are and for what you mean to us. Now go with us as we go our way and have your hand upon each one. We ask all these favors in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. <clears throat>